Good evening, friends. How are we doing tonight? Doing okay? We awake? Well, I'm assuming that you are here because you want to engage the Word of the Lord. Now, maybe there's another reason you're here, but I'm not going to think about that. I'm going to assume that you're here because you want to uh, dive into God's Word. You want to interface with it. And uh, as I was praying this afternoon, I feel the Lord wants us to back up a step. There's a message ready for tonight. You have an outline, and we may get to that tonight. If not, we'll get to that next week. But the Lord brought us, I believe, a special word last week in Psalm 73. We were talking about Asaph and his viewpoint. And I'm going to have Carrie, uh, would you help me uh, pass out this side? And Paul, would you help me on this side? I'd like everybody on this side and that side to get one of these white sheets. You have the green half sheet, but here's what I'd like us to do. We were looking at Psalm 73 last week, and in what Asaph was basically taking a page out of his journal, sharing with us his very transparent, real thoughts. And as the Lord was speaking to us through that, I thought, you know what, sometimes it's not just enough to hear the word, to take notes and to write on the word, but we need to talk to each other about the word of the Lord. And so uh, tonight, uh, I want to give you opportunities to engage with the people around you. Now, hopefully you've learned by now who you sit next to is important on Sunday night because I may have you talk to them. Now, if you're sitting next to someone that you don't want to talk to, I'm sorry, you made a bad choice. You, you need to think better about who you're sitting around. But in a moment, here's what I'd like us to do. We're going to get in uh, just little clusters right where you're at. You don't have to turn your chair. You can if you want to. But uh, two or three, uh, no more than four. If you have more than four, uh, then it's going to be hard for you. But we're going to quickly walk through some of the discussion questions. I think that can help us really chew on the word the Lord gave us last week. Now, as you're getting this uh, reminder outline. Let me bring back to our memory what we read in Psalm 73. It starts with verse 1 where Asaph, this, the psalmist here, is, is giving this positive note saying, surely God is good to those who are pure in heart. I mean, surely the God that I serve, he is faithful to me. But then he goes right to the next verse and he begins to share from his heart all the things that he sees that are going wrong. It's Asaph's reality. Remember that? We talked about it last week. The reality that he saw was life is unfair. It's just not fair. All the people who are doing wrong things, it's not fair to him. God, don't you see how bad they are? In other words, God, it's something that I can't even go on without this. In fact, he comes to the end of this section and, and he says, everything I've been doing, all my efforts, all of my service, Lord, it's, it's as if it was all for nothing because of what bad is going on around me. It's totally locking him up. And so it's one thing to write about it. It's one thing to hear it. It's one thing to read it in God's Word. But I want to take a minute to talk about it. So in a second, I'm going to have you turn to one of your neighbors. And here's a couple questions I want you to look at. I'll direct us in this and, and give us some prompting and timing on how to answer these questions. But the first is this. What seems so unfair in your life recently? Now, maybe it's going to be something that you have personally experienced. Maybe it's going to be something at work or at home or in a, with extended family. Maybe it's something you're observing in our culture. Uh, maybe it's what you're sick and tired of seeing on the news. But, but what is it in your life that just seems unfair? So much so that it just gets in your craw. And then the second question, if you have time, we'll look at this as well. Have you been tempted? Has a thought ever crossed your mind 
to just give up. Just to say, all my effort to try to be good for the Lord, to try to serve the Lord, to try to be pure before the Lord, it just seems like a waste. Compared to all these things that are unfair, have you ever been tempted to feel that? And if you have, what what was it like and and what did you feel? So here's what I want you to do. Find someone around you. We're going to get in groups of two, three, or four. If you have more than four, then Daryl's going to come and break you up, okay? He's my group Gestapo. He's going to help do that. But uh, turn, find someone around you, and take about 60 seconds on this first question. Just think about it. What in your life has seemed so unfair? It's one thing to read God's Word. It's another thing to take notes, but we're going to talk about it and give life to it. On your marks, get set, find that person, ask them that question. Go for it. unfair that they say unfair if you haven't switched yet go ahead and hear what the other person has to say and if you're done with question one go ahead and go to question two have you ever been tempted to to just kind of throw up your hands and say it's all for nothing if you have what did that feel like talk about that experience go ahead and let someone else share in your group Okay, the person who's sharing in your group right now, go ahead and finish your thought, and then we'll come together in a second.
Let's go ahead and come back together for a second, and uh, I want to hear maybe what you're thinking. Uh, Brady, what I think is unfair is I come to Sunday night church, and you're asking me to talk. You're supposed to be the talker. I'm supposed to be the listener. That's what's a great unfair thing to me. Maybe that's what you're feeling, and and you can take that to the Lord. That's okay. But uh, I think there may be uh, uh, other things that we see, and and uh, remember, this, you're sharing your stuff, okay? So this isn't the forum to share a deep, dark secret for someone else. That's not the forum to do that. But uh, sometimes we can still be honest, even at a high level, of uh, what we have seen in our life that just feels unfair. Anybody, as you've been talking, be willing to share, okay, this is what it was for me. This is kind of what I'm observing that just doesn't seem right. It just doesn't seem fair. Anybody willing to share? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when my mom's gone... And my sister has to do jobs. She asked my dad if we, my my brothers can, do, me and Joseph can do the jobs. And my dad always says that we have to do the jobs. Yes. <laughs> Honesty right here in the family. I love it. When we are taking on somebody else's task because they are gone, it can feel unfair. Yes. I can see that. I can see that somebody else. Uh, and, and let's just follow this form of honesty. Thank you. That's excellent. What have you observed in your life? Maybe it's recent. Maybe it's in the past. It just, it just didn't seem right. It didn't seem just. It felt unfair. Is Asaph the only one? Maybe if you had the name Asaph, that would feel unfair. I think I wouldn't like that. Mine is at work. Um, I have a gal that I help out on occasion. And she um, hired some new gals to help fill in. And since I had my surgery, uh, she's given my work to them and but yet she calls on me for help to help her out when she's on vacation yes. but yet i don't have no work because she gave it away okay okay this is another honest thought of when our work has been given away for one reason or another and they've given probably the benefits of that work away but yet they still draw upon you for questions but they haven't given you the work excellent very good we've got a couple back here As we hear these, I want you to be thinking about the next question. Have you ever felt tempted, in light of the things that are unfair, to just say, what's the use? Uh, Maybe you have felt that. Preston, yeah. Uh, My teacher's kind of strict, really strict. And so if we do something with minor, it's a minor mistake, it'll be sent out into the hall. And I've seen the hall a lot in the past three weeks. Yeah, yeah. So I think I might know the hallway a little bit better than my room, but uh, than the room that I work in for school. But my teacher's really strict, and that kind of seems unfair to me. Yeah, yeah. Good, Preston. Good. Have you ever felt like you had a major penalty for what you felt like was a minor infraction? This can feel unfair. Or when you see others being disciplined in a different way than you feel disciplined that can make us feel unfair yeah back here i kind of feel mistreated when somebody may think that they're good enough to do this and you're not so they don't let you do something that you think is really obvious you can do yes anybody ever feel overlooked felt like you were qualified but for whatever reason, they didn't acknowledge that you could do it or didn't give you the chance to do it. Friends, we don't have to think that hard before we can begin to put ourselves in Asaph's shoes. You just look around, there's things that just seem flat out unfair. And in fact, when, when you begin to give us some honesty that would come out, pretty soon that's contagious. And, well, I'll just get honest too, and I'll just, I'll just tell you what I felt. It's, 
It's easy to see that. In fact, let's, let's turn the corner for a second. And, and the second question, maybe you had a chance to talk about it, but, but maybe there's one or two who'd be willing to share. Have you ever felt tempted to just say, all my effort, all my ministry, all my service, it's just all for nothing? That's what Asaph was saying. He said, Lord, it's, it's all worthless because of what's going on. It's just not fair. And so the question is this. If you've been tempted to think that, what did it feel like when you're in that temptation? What did it feel like when you just wanted to throw your hands up? Anybody willing to share that? You've, you've felt that temptation you'd be willing to share? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and you know what? It may be a very real thing. Pastor Brady, I came to hear you talk. I didn't come to talk. Now I'm, now, now I'm just ready to give up. Well, that's okay, too. Let's see if I can do it in two sentences. Okay. You know, in our early days of ministry, God just moved us from one ministry to another, and our friends would stay in the same church for 15 years. And you don't understand that. But then when you're doing what we're doing now, it's just all really fun. It's like if you can just trust God in the early days, he will show you some things later. Good, good, Carolyn. So maybe if, if my ears are hearing you right, that when you were trying to follow God, be obedient to God, and he'd move you from one place to the next to the next, and you would see others do it differently, you may hear some other things, it could maybe make you say, what's the use, Lord? Why? Why are you calling us to do this? Yes, behind me. Yes. I kind of feel like anger was boiling up inside me. Wow, it felt like anger was boiling up inside of you? That's a pretty good word picture. I like that. Boiling anger. Hot. Bubbling over. Ready to scorch you. Wow, thank you. Very good. Now, here's, here's what's on my heart tonight. It's one thing to hear God's word. It's another thing to take notes on God's word. But when we talk about it, when we engage with it, we can begin to see that this is very real life. And, and I sensed in your eyes and in even conversations after last week, the Lord was speaking to us on this. But something really powerful happened with Asaph. After he shared all the things that were unfair, he threw up his hands and said, God, it's it's totally pointless. Then in verse 16 and 17, there was a shift. If you look on your your, uh, outline, thank you, Carrie. You can see where my brain was frozen. (laughs) We see that there's an encounter that changes everything. He, He tells God, he gets real honest, and he says, God... When I try to make sense of all this, it's overwhelming to me, the scripture says. And and my paraphrase of that is, it's crushing me. It's weighing on me. And so the question, I want you to turn to the people around you and ask them this question and respond to this question. What are the things in your life that when you stop to think about them, they just overwhelm you? They crush you. You'd like to not think about them, but if if you let your mind think about them and mull over them, they just... They begin to overwhelm you. It's a weight. It's a crushing weight. What are the things like that for you? So find that person. And then the second question you can follow up on if you run out of, if you uh, answer quickly. Uh, when and where do you set apart time and space to be in God's presence? We'll come back to that in a second. But, but ask that first question. On your marks, get set, go. Ask that question.
If you haven't switched yet, go ahead and switch. Hear what the other person has to say. As you finish up that thought, I want to remind you that when Asaph got real honest and came before the Lord and said, hey, this is what is crushing me to think about it. It's just, it's killing me, Lord. Then he went to the sanctuary with the Lord. It was set apart time, set apart space, and the Lord began to change him, began to do something to him. And Asaph said, it wasn't until then that I began to understand, and then I began to have a new perspective start to take place. And so uh, ask the person around you, when is the last time that you on purpose set apart time and space to meet with the Lord? That could be anywhere, all kinds of places, but quickly just ask that question. When was the last time you set apart time and space to be with the Lord? Ask the other person around you. Whoever's sharing right now, if you'll go ahead and finish your thought, we'll come together and hear some things corporately together. Who would be willing to share, if, if you could answer in a way that you'd feel like would be appropriate for this large group setting, what are some of the things that, for you, if you allow yourself to think on them, those thoughts, it just begins to weigh on you. It just begins to overwhelm you. The, the things that weigh heavy on your heart, it begins to crush you when you just think about it over and over again. Anybody have an example? Yeah. Well, in this political season, it really overwhelms me 
regardless of who the candidate may be or what the political party may be, so many Christians seem to be putting their politics above their Christianity. And when uh, somebody might ask, well, but what about this particular person? Does this candidate represent Christ or Christian values? Oh, well, the important thing is the country needs somebody like this. And I think, are we really putting politics above our Christianity? Good, good, Daryl. I think it's easy for all of us to see if you just think of the political landscape, thinking about that too long, it can be overwhelming. It can feel crushing to us. It's important. It's, it's things that we should think about, but on our own, we can't make sense of it all. Good. Thank you, Daryl. Yeah. Um, my dad wants me to get really good grades, and it's really hard. It just overwhelms me when I think about it. Good, good. Thank you for your honesty. Even good things, you know, even positive stress, good expectations, they can weigh on us. They can overwhelm us. If, if, we, if we let our mind run with them, it can almost feel like it's crushing us. Thank you. Good. Asaph felt these things. Asaph felt these things. And, and as he shared with us an open letter from his journal, the aha moment that we're going to end on together it's just as real for you and me, but if we walk through these thoughts together, I think we'll begin to see what Jesus wants to do again, fresh and new in our hearts. Anybody else? The, the things that you think about that, that may overwhelm you when you think too much about them. Yeah. I didn't ride my bike today, so I'm counting this as exercise. Uh, we had very strong wisdom from this young man sitting in front of me. Yeah, um, yeah. We were asked the question of what crushed us, and my wife said... The loss of her dad crushed mm-hmm. her. Now, what was very, very interesting was, though, is that this young man sitting in front of me says, now think about this. He says, when my aunt died, he says, we went to her funeral, and there was kind of a wake and comments that were made that actually God was building a home in heaven. And then when the aunt went to heaven, that the home was then complete. And so I thought, what a great example, yeah. or a great, a great picture relative to, um, um, you know, a loss that uh, I'm saying, you know, I, it's... Your life is now complete, and now it's time to come to heaven. So yes. I thought, great insight by a young man. Thank you, Christopher. Yes, <laughs> thank you, Christopher. Very good. So we have an example here of loss. Friends, if you haven't experienced this yet, just hang on. It's coming. You'll live life long enough. You will experience a loss like what we've talked about. The thought of that loved one not being there. It's overwhelming. Especially that cycle of first. The first this without them, the first that without them, the, the first, it, it, can, it can be crushing to us. And Christopher, as you shared, something happens when we have a new perspective, and, and that's a great transition for us. When we sit in the sanctuary with the Lord, what does that mean? In this room, you know, you could be in this room in a church service and not be in sanctuary with God. That is possible. It, it, it's not just a room that you're in. But it's you setting apart time and space to be with the Lord. That can happen in your car. That can happen in your bedroom. Hopefully it happens here. Surely it can happen here. But you have to to make that happen. We'll end on that in in, in a few minutes together. But now let's shift and, and think about what Christopher has brought to us. That the Lord, it's not just positive thinking. The Lord gives a miraculous encounter for Asaph. He wants to do it for you and I too when we sit in his sanctuary. What that literally means is we have set apart time and space to be with him and he totally changes our perspective. When was the last time that you can think when you 
We're in the sanctuary with God, set apart time and space. Anybody willing to share when, when the last time that was for you? I had a great time at the senior retreat in Colorado Springs when Nazarenes came from all over. And we had great speakers, and, you know, God was really there. I mean, of course, you're 7,500 feet up, so you think you're close to heaven anyway. Good, good, good. You know, we all have those spiritual high moments. Maybe it's at a retreat or a conference or a gathering. And, and, and our hearts can be so attuned because we're there for a specific reason to say this is set apart time for the Lord. Yeah. Well, I think once we retire, it opens a whole new um, time for us to be able to spend with the Lord. And I was sharing that, you know, you're, you're so used to getting up at 6 o'clock and getting ready and get off to work. And then all of a sudden you don't have that. So that's when I begin to have what I would call a real time with the Lord. And um, from six, seven, eight, sometimes recently it's been a lot longer. But um, the Lord is so close and so real in the morning. Everything is fresh and new. Some things I say, come in and I crush you, but the Lord is so faithful. If you just take that time. And I I know, you know, everybody's not retired. Some people are. And, but that's, I think, a, a new step for me was when we retired that I could take that time. And now it's so precious to me to have that time with the Lord. That's good. Thank you, Ruth. Thank you. Friends, I hope you heard that. that. That's a word for somebody here tonight. That at every stage of our life, there's opportunities for us to be in sanctuary with the Lord. And Ruth is finding that this retirement stage opens up all kinds of time. Did, did I hear you right? That sometimes it's going longer? Yeah. Oh, oh, more than ten minutes? Well, I've been known to sit two to three hours. Two to three hours in the presence of the Lord. I never thought I could do that. I never, I never thought as a young person that I could spend time like that with the Lord. Yeah. But, of course, since Jim's passing, it has just been, that is my time with the Lord. And he reveals so much to me through all of that time. Um, things that I should have picked up on a long time ago, maybe, as he's coming back around. And so, you know, yes. it's like, show me your way, Lord. Amen. Teach me your path. <laughs> Guide me. Yes. Thank you, Ruth. You know, Ruth, as we, we talk about spending multiple hours with the Lord, I know your heart. And I love it that we have at least a third of our, our crew here tonight as students. Uh, this is not to be a spiritual time card. That the more minutes I log with Jesus, the better Christian I am. In fact, it's the opposite of that. When my heart really hungers, when my heart is broken, when there's things that overwhelm me, I'm just drawn to it. And I get lost in that sanctuary time. And, and, and when you're having fun, time goes fast. It flies and you go, I, I can't imagine this. And so this is creating that time and space set apart for the Lord. This is real life, Psalm 73, taking place. Now, everything changes, as you remember last week, after verse 16 and 17. It was so focused. Asaph said, everybody's so horrible. They're bad. It's so wicked. It's unfair. They don't even listen to you, God. They don't think you have any wisdom. I just should give up. Then he gets honest, just like Christopher did. 
and he says, it's crushing me. And then as he sat in the presence of the Lord, just like Ruth is talking about, she does in the mornings, uh, something changed. And the Lord began to show some things to Asaph, Asaph first about himself. This is in that passage, remember, we read, he said, you know, I'm a useless, ignorant, brute beast before the Lord. Man, that vivid imagery has been sticking with me. I don't know about you. Sometimes I, that fits me well. I can be useless. I can be ignorant. And my attitude can be like a brute beast before the Lord. But, but then he goes on to say, the Lord didn't leave me. He held my hand. He would guide me. He would walk me through. So let's just pause and, and think here about this new perspective that the Lord brings. And I, I want to just ask you this. What has the Lord revealed to you about yourself when you get alone with Him? Now this one I know is personal. You may want to speak in broad terms or maybe you're around someone that you trust. That's okay too. But what are some of the categories or the things that the Lord has spoken to you about? Asaph the Lord talked to him about his attitude. The Lord talked to him about his lack of wisdom. The Lord talked to him about his brutal heart. That's what the Lord chose to speak to him about. But what has Jesus been saying to you when you get alone with him? And the second one here is, can you think of a time when the Lord was so faithful to you, even when you had actions and attitudes that were not pleasing to him? Just like Asaph. His attitude was a brute beast, but the Lord still held his hand. And still would guide him and direct him. But can you think of a time when the Lord has been faithful to you, even when your attitudes or your actions were not exactly what he would want? Find someone around you that you've been talking to and ask those couple of questions. Ready? Go for it.
Go ahead and finish your thought and then let someone else share, hear what they have to say about this question. Go ahead and finish your thought. We'll come together here in just a second. As you finish your conversation, I'm reminded of our our thought this morning that there's two ways to respond to Jesus when truth is revealed. One, we can seek after the truth. We may have questions, but we honestly want to know the truth. Or two, we avoid the truth. We may ask questions, but we don't really want to know the answer. And and to be honest, when we're walking through an exercise like this, when we ask ourselves, what is it that Jesus is saying to me or to you when we get alone with him, sometimes we want to avoid this at all costs. And if it feels uncomfortable, one, I want you to know you're normal. There's a natural bent in all of us to say, I don't know, the light is too bright, Lord. But he's calling us to his marvelous light. Lord, what is it you want to reveal? Even that may be uncomfortable to me. And so let's allow him to nudge us out of our comfort zone, to to not avoid the truth, but to seek after it. Lord, what do you see? And, And when he reveals that to us, Just like Asaph, he came in verse 28 at the end, and it came full circle. He had a whole new reality because of what the Lord was doing. He said, God, it is so good for me to be in your presence. Here it was a total shift. He started out with this verbal diarrhea of the mouth. It's already gross, but that's just kind of what it is. Just everything's bad and gross, and it's blah. So much I want to give up. Has an encounter with the Lord, alone time with the Lord. He gives him a new perspective. It starts by seeing hard truth about himself. I, I don't know if anybody's ever called me a brute beast, but if, if the Lord Almighty called me a brute beast, I may be tempted to say, time out. That's kind of rude. I, I, I don't know if I, if I want to hear that. But he embraced it. He sought after the truth, and the Lord began to bless him. And he said, it's so good for me to be in your presence In fact, then he went on in the second part of verse 28 and said, Hey, I'm choosing the rest of my days to be in your sanctuary. There's a choice to be there. And finally, he couldn't shut up about the good things of God. Here where he couldn't be quiet about how unfair it was, now he can't keep quiet about how good God is to him. And it's all hinging on this time with the Lord. And so, I don't want you to turn to your group right now in this one. I just want you to think in your mind. What? What is it that the Lord 
may be wanting to say to you tonight, well, what is it that you think the Lord might have been speaking to you this week through this psalm? Because I believe Jesus has something for you as he's had for me. What is it that you think the Lord might be saying to you through this psalm? Could it be that he's saying, you know what, when you see things are unfair, you're not alone. Could it be that the Lord is saying, you know what, that, that thought of giving up, it's based on your view of people around you. Don't, don't give up. Could it be that you just need desperate honesty? Maybe the Lord's saying, hey, be honest, just like Christopher was honest. Just be honest with me. What are the things that just overwhelm you, crush you? Maybe it's a wake-up call to say, when is the next time that, that I will be in sanctuary with the Lord? I don't mean coming in here. It could be in here, but it's not just this room. When is it that you've set apart time and space to be in the presence of God, to allow Him to speak to you? When is that next time? Or maybe it's a reminder to say, it is so good to be in His presence. I thought about my time in Colorado at the conference. I thought about my time in the mornings with the Lord. It's just so good for me to be in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to choose now when that's going to be next. I believe that every one of us, if we wanted to, we could make a decision tonight of when we would next be in sanctuary with the Lord. Mine is going to be tomorrow, early in the morning, I'm going to be in sanctuary with the Lord. When is your next planned time? Now, what's cool is he'll give you spontaneous gifts, and you just follow wherever he takes you, but but where is your choice to be in sanctuary with the Lord? Maybe, maybe the Lord's speaking to you about, it's time for you to start speaking up about how good I am. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this unusual format for us tonight, but I think good format. Jesus, I think about how you taught, often in circles, often seated. The structure and format of that culture, Lord, that you came to is different than ours. You involved people's questions. You spoke about earthy, gritty things. Jesus, I thank you tonight that we've been able to talk amongst each other, to think about the earthy, gritty details of what seems unfair to us. Lord, punishments that seem too severe for the offense. Lord, responsibilities and tasks that are given to us that's not really ours, and because someone has gone, even if they know what's for our best, it feels unfair. Lord, work that is taken from us, that... We don't have the benefit of participating in the work, but yet they want to draw upon our wisdom for it. Jesus feeling overlooked about seeing other people are chosen or selected to do something that we feel qualified for, but but we're not selected for that, Lord. It can seem so unfair. Jesus, the loss of that loved one, even if we know in our mind it's a part of life, it still hurts and it seems unfair, Lord, as it crushes us. We come into your presence tonight and we just sit before you and say, God... I cannot think about it anymore. I cannot carry it anymore. That financial burden, I cannot make sense of it anymore. That broken relationship doesn't make sense to me anymore, God. The lack of direction I feel in my life doesn't make sense anymore, Jesus. I need you to take it. And Lord, may it be just like for Asaph, that only in your presence do we begin to have some understanding. Lord, would you change my heart and my brothers and sisters' heart tonight that 
we will have a different perspective because we stand in a different location. Would you start with us, Jesus? Show us how you see us. Search my heart. If there's any wicked way in me, God, would you point it out? Would you push out the splinter in my heart? Thank you, Jesus, that you love us enough that even when we are senseless, even when we are ignorant, even when we are a brute beast of a bad attitude before you, you hold our hand, you don't leave us, you still guide and direct us, and Lord, we sit under your leadership tonight. Jesus, I thank you for the good that you have brought and you're going to bring in our life. Though this world is unfair, you have loved us in such an unfair, unjust way that is in our favor, Jesus. May we sense that sometimes we don't get what we feel like we deserve, but thank God we also haven't gotten what we know we deserve. It is so good to be in your presence, Jesus. Would you draw us close to you this week? In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Would you stand with me? Next week... We are going to be seeing that God has texted us his picture. You may not know that. We have a text picture from God. I don't know if it came through Twitter or Facebook. I know it didn't happen through that. But it came through Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 20. It's in your outline. I challenge you, take some time to read through that passage. We'll be spending time unpacking that together, looking at the picture of God through the image of Christ that he's given to us. May God bless you. Let the stretch of a format be a blessing to you. Next week we'll be back to a similar format. But uh, go and talk about the word that God has given to you.